You're listening to the Triple P Parenting Podcast from 612 ABC Brisbane. For more information, visit abc.net.au slash Brisbane. Associate Professor Alan Ralph is from the Triple P Positive Parenting Program. You have a teenager. How moody is the world? Can you build optimism or self-confidence once your child has reached adolescence? How would you go about doing it? As I said, Associate Professor Alan Ralph is from the Triple P Positive Parenting Program. And uh, moody teenagers, aren't all teenagers moody at some stage, um, Alan? Most are, yes. It is a phase that they do seem to go through. But every child is different and they're not all that way. Is it hormonal, those that do go through it, or is it just... It's a mixture of things. I mean, it can be hormonal, it can be genetic, it can be the social context they're in, the kind of messages they're being given. It's, it's a whole mix of things. You say it can be genetic. Is there any, any evidence that depression is on the increase in teenage years? I don't know that it's on the increase. It, it's certainly fairly prevalent, but we have to... Um, we have to discriminate between you know, being down and a bit sad, which is not uncommon, mm. and being depressed, which is a much more long-term uh, problematic situation to be in. Is optimism and self-confidence in a person built in? Well, certainly some, some people are far more optimistic and resilient than others, so there are some inherited characteristics, but there are things you can do to build that kind of optimism in, in children who don't particularly possess it naturally. Is it, is it okay or is it easy to do that as a teenager if perhaps you haven't had it previously? Well, it's certainly easier if you can pick it up earlier and start, start when they're younger, but there's no reason why you can't uh, add to it when they become teenagers, especially if you see that kind of personality change from what was once a kind of a resilient, optimistic child into one who has more self-doubt. Uh, we'll come to how you develop optimism and self-confidence in just a moment, but, but how much of it comes from the home and how much of how you feel as a teenager comes from your circle of friends? Well, certainly the way parents behave can influence children quite dramatically. And so if you've got a child who's got a tendency to be pessimistic and, and not um, confident, then you really need to work harder yourself to model those kinds of characteristics so that your teenager can see it in you. Um, certainly the social context that kids are in is a problem. Yes. The, I mean, if, if they're mixing with a group that is constantly putting them down... Um, then they can, again, feel lacking in confidence. How does bullying fit in here? Well, that can be a major problem. I mean, it it's, seems to be something that's very common around at the moment and, and we really need to help um, build our kids' confidence so they can um, not feel overly influenced if it happens to them. You say build our kids' confidence, and I know I go off message here uh, for, for a moment, but how much of that emphasis as a community, as, as authorities need to be put into building the, the confidence of the person being bullied and really actually disciplining the person who is the bully? Yeah, I think there is a lot to be said for that. I mean, I think the social environment in which our children grow up is a responsibility of all adults, um, teachers, parents, everyone else who has some impact on them. And, and I don't think we're as vigilant and as uh, responsive to these kind of situations as, as we could be. What are you saying there? That I think we, we kind of underplay it or hope that it'll just mm. go away or that it won't be a problem because it's not easy to deal with. Yes. Do you think more emphasis should be put on the person who is being the bully? Do, do we try to protect that person 
more than we should? Some some parents say that when they call. They say it's a, when they go to a school, it's all about the problems the bully might have mm. rather than the protection of their child who sometimes is told to take refuge in the library, for yes. example. I mean, it's a really difficult one because often children who end up bullying are often themselves the victim of provocation mm. and then they kind of just flip and, and, and then they're involved in a situation and they get called a bully. And so we've got to create an environment where t- kids are taught how to deal with interpersonal problems in a much more constructive way rather than having to resort to physical aggression or violence. Let's go back to the self-confidence and the optimism. Uh, Is there a difference here in gender between boys and girls? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, we generally get the the feeling that that girls are more internalising of their problems and boys have kind of let it out more. And while that's probably generally true, um, it's becoming less an issue and we're starting to see these problems in both both boys and girls. All right, so two things I want to do now. One is to talk about what gives a teenager or a child self-confidence and optimism. But then I also want to, if a parent is listening and their child is moody, they seem a bit down, they're not being responsive, how they should broach that conversation Mm. in the short term. So let's go back and your child's a bit younger or your child is a teenager and you think you're just really worried about their level of optimism, their level of self-confidence. How do you begin building that? Yeah, well, I mean, in a way, these are things that parents should be doing anyway, irrespective of whether they're concerned about their children's. I mean, one of the things is to use praise carefully. Um... We shouldn't be praising our kids for everything they do, and we shouldn't be praising them for who they are, but we should certainly be praising them for the things they do. So when they make an effort, when they achieve something that they haven't done before, when they've put some effort in, even if it hasn't been successful, those are the things we should be praising our children for so that we give the message to them that what they're doing is is good and effective. And and, the, and this can be even in the in the things they say about caring for others or helping others as well. So you're saying by praising our children too much, it gives them a level where they're always being considered good. Something comes along and they find it hard, they immediately think they're a failure then. Yeah, I think think that's right. I mean, certainly we know that too much praise can be counterproductive, but praise for the right purpose can be incredibly powerful for a child. What else? Well, they need to be taught... um, to, I mean, I, I guess the essence is the difference between half full and half empty. And that is if we hear our children talking about things in a negative way, we should try to help them get a different perspective on it and see that, um, okay, there might be problems or aspects about what's just happened that is not good, but there are also positive things. Even if it's only what have you learned from that experience that you can use next time. So anything bad, you then look at something that could be a silver lining in yes. that cloud and you get them to rethink that problem with the silver lining? You can certainly do that, um, teaching them to problem solve, teaching them to anticipate, teaching them a broader repertoire so that if something happens again in the future, they're more able to uh, to respond more appropriately. All right. Anything else in building that self-confidence or optimism? The, the two things we've suggested is, is not continual mm. praise and the other is to get them to look at something that didn't work out and see see the, the glass half full part. Yeah. I, I mean, I think humour is also important. I mean... Kids can get really serious at that time in their development um, and helping them to lighten up a bit can sometimes really help. And so, and that doesn't mean laughing at them, but certainly perhaps even laughing at a parent, what a parent's done themselves um, or, or, or finding the funny side of things can be quite powerful in terms of making it seem it's not that serious an issue. There's a mum or there's a dad in Brisbane now and their teenager is just 
pulling themselves around on the holidays. They seem a bit down or they certainly don't seem to have the confidence they had a couple of years ago. Do, do you go down, go in, sit on their bed and have that conversation? Is that likely to elicit the right... How do you go about that? It can with some teenagers. Um, another alternative, if you have the time, is to try and find something for them to do because we know that one of the strongest antidotes to being down and depressed is to find something you like doing. And so finding interesting, challenging, fun activities and getting them active can be a really powerful way to prevent that. Is there any uh, scientific or evidence that a team activity is better than an individual activity or doesn't it matter? No, it doesn't really matter. As long as it's something they're having fun about, that it's active, that it gets them out of the house, gets them out of thinking about maybe the, the negative things that are that are engaging them and, and just getting them active, yeah. Okay, so thank you very much, Alan Ralph. I, we've summed that up pretty pretty well. Solved the problem of moody teenagers. <laughs> Pleasure. We're gonna we're gonna work on something else next week. Okay, bye. That's uh, Associate Professor Alan Ralph from the Triple P Positive Parenting Program. You've been listening to the Triple P Parenting Podcast from six twelve ABC Brisbane. For more information, visit abc.net.au/brisbane.